Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. I suspect that all of you know that the month of November in our Church's calendar begins with two powerful liturgical observances, All Saints' Day and All Souls' Day. Of course, I, I think that we all understand that All Saints' Day was an occasion by which we honor all of the saints, and not simply those uh, whose name we know, but honoring all of those unknown to us, but of course known to God, who are now in his presence and live in an eternal joy and peace. We also commemorate All Souls Day as a remembrance of the faithful departed, of the dead who have gone before us, because their memories are important to us. But when you look at these two uh, feast days, well, uh, All Saints and All Souls, I think you might begin to realize that they are speaking not first about particular individuals, saints, or the souls in purgatory, but what they say about the nature of the church and our life within that church. For on All Saints' Day, I think we remember that there are many blessed and holy men and women who are still part of us. They're still part of the church. I think if you ask someone uh, what they conceive of when you hear the word church, I think many may say, well, it's the local parish. I can see the church uh, while it's at worship. I know a church right down the street. A few may speak of an institution, a church with its structure and its outreach, how it lives, how people encounter it in, in this world. Others might point to their system of belief. But all of these images of the church really are derived from, I think, the most important image, which is the church as the disciples in a community that spans all of history. In any moment in our life in the church, we are part of a church that simultaneously contains the past and reaches forward to the future. And in these observances of all saints and all souls, we come to a fuller understanding of the Church, of which we are members, and also, I think, of our particular responsibilities in the Church, the habits that are, are asked of us, the virtues that we might uh, pursue. And to remember, the Church transcends the boundaries of time and place. It is not simply the particular moment in which we live or the particular gathering of those who follow Jesus Christ that we can see, we can speak to, and we are a part of. So when we celebrate the Feast of All Saints, 
what we remember is that a part of our church are those men and women from all times who are now living in eternal reality, a reality of profound joy, of the completion of love, of a peace, of a reality. And we honor them. And we honor them not simply to remember them, but we honor them because we seek their assistance. They are still members of a church of which we are members. And even though their life is spent in the, the glance of God in his face, in his gaze, they also often turn to us and reflect that loving care and compassion of God himself. And we seek uh, their assistance in our life as we go through this passage, this journey of ours to our heavenly reward. And in seeking their assistance, we realize that in them, we have an example of how the Christian life can be lived to its fullest. A Christian life that has many and wonderful aspects of God's call, a vocation. But yet all of these particular vocations are pointed in one direction, and that is union with God and the power and the glory and the light that he gives us, and to enjoy it for all eternity. In the traditional catechism, that part of the church was referred to as the church triumphant, the church of, in a sense, success, a church in which the holiness has been achieved and which is now fully on display in all its glory and resplendence. But we also remember the faithful departed. They too are part of our church. And they are those who are completing their final purification, a freedom from all of the temporal effects of sin, in preparation for entrance into the full presence of God. And they too touch our lives. They jar our memories. They bring to our memories and our attention and our concern all those who have gone before us, and they seek the assistance of our prayers as they seek the assistance of the saints in heaven. And you can tell so much about particular cultures, a particular group of people, by how they consider the dead, how they remember them, how they are concerned for their well-being, how they have touched our lives and what we have inherited from them. They, too, are part of the church, and in the old language of the catechism, they're the church suffering. But they are suffering in a profound joy because they know that suffering points in a particular direction of glory and life and they endure that suffering because, in fact, it is shaping them in order to receive that eternal life. And then we have the church who are present here and now. The people 
that we can name, the people that we might come in contact with in a number of, of ways. And it is a people that we join on a pilgrimage. We are a people that are to keep, uh, keep moving. We have companions on that, uh, that pilgrimage. The principal companion, of course, is Jesus Christ himself, who is walking with us, sometimes ahead of us, sometimes behind us to push. We are assisted in that pilgrimage by the Blessed Mother, by St. Joseph, and all of the saints. But it is a pilgrimage. It is a journey. We are moving toward the everlasting kingdom. We are the ones who need the prayers and guidance of the saints. We are the ones who carry the memory of those who have gone before us. And we are the ones who understand that in our present time, while on this journey, we keep our eyes focused on the prize, on Jesus Christ. And all three aspects of that church are gathered together. The saints, the faithful departed, ourselves still living in this passing world, we are all simultaneously present in any moment of the church's life, but particularly in the moments of worship and in the Holy uh, Eucharist. We want to remember that in the celebration of the Holy Eucharist, we are joined in that celebration by the angels, the saints, by the power of the grace won through Jesus Christ. And that, that power, that, that community of believers flows even to those who are going through that final purification. In Dante Alighieri's Divine Comedy, when he uh, speaks about uh, the various aspects of the church, uh, triumphant, uh, purgatory, and, of course, Hades. There is a wonderful image that I, I'll never remember. It is a memory of, uh, of the way he describes Satan, the, uh, the prince uh, of evil, the, uh, the father of lies. And so often we conceive of hell as being intensely hot, but in Dante's rendering, he pictures uh, Satan encased up to his waist in ice. And I think it was to uh, express the coldness and the darkness of the life of sin and how, in fact, it is a prison, uh, even for Satan. And that ice is fed by the tears of those in purgatory, repenting of their sins. And their tears flow down into Hades, which is turned into ice, which just gets higher and higher upon Satan. Powerful image. But all of this is contained in the church. And it's not that we are overcome by by. Uh, dark thoughts of the future by fear or anxiety, but overcome with joy that there are so many witnesses to the power of God through Jesus Christ. And in those moments of worship in which the entire church is gathered, it is here that eternity inserts itself into our time, in our own time 
reaches out to eternity. And realizing that every moment of our time here on earth, in the community of the church, we are touched by that eternal moment of God's love and God's power and God's truth. The reality of the church then exists through all of human history. And we are part of that extension. We are not the only ones. And remembering that we are part of this historical uh, reality, this historical pilgrimage that the entire church is upon, invites us to consider, I think, particular responsibilities of our membership. It is very important for us to remember those who have gone before us, not to allow our memory of them to grow dim, to acknowledge how they have lived, what they have given to us, and to stay loyal to that memory. For after all, in the grace of God, we shall at one point be reunited with them. The saints remind us of where we are going and how to get there. And the solemnity of all saints should awaken in us a profound sense of gratitude, thankfulness for God's grace, God's promise through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, of thankfulness, for all of those ways by which that grace of God touches our lives and a gratefulness for the hope and the future that we have. We bear a grave responsibility in the celebration of these two days of all saints and all souls in our liturgical calendar to preserve the memory of what has been given, to live it and preserve it in our own time, and to offer it to the next generation. Until that moment when our Lord returns in glory, when all things will be wrapped in his power, and we shall live forever.